Chapter Sixteen of Mother Westwind's House Stories by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Esther Ben Simonides. Chapter Sixteen: How Tufty the Lynx Happens to Have a Stump of a Tail. In all his life, Peter Rabbit had seen Tufty the Lynx but once, but that once was enough. Tufty, you know, lives in the great woods. But once, when the winter was very cold, he had ventured down into the green forest, hoping that it would be easier to get a living there. It was then that Peter had seen him. In fact, Peter had had the narrowest of escapes, and the very memory of it made him shiver. He would never forget that great, gray, skulking form that slipped like a shadow through the trees, that fierce-bearded face, those cruel, pale, yellow-green eyes, and that switching stump of a tail. That tail fascinated Peter. It was just an apology for a tail. For Tufty's size, it was hardly as much of a tail as Peter himself has. It made Peter feel a lot better. Also, it made him very curious. The first chance he got, he asked his cousin, Jumper the Hare, about it. You know Jumper used to live in the great woods where Tufty lives, and Peter felt sure that he must know the reason why Tufty had such a ridiculous stub of a tail. Jumper did know, and this is the story he told Peter. Way back in the beginning of things lived old Mr. Lynx. I know, interrupted Peter. He was the great, great, ever so great grandfather of Tufty, and he wasn't old then. Who is telling this story, demanded Jumper crossly. If you know it, why did you ask me? "'I beg your pardon. Indeed I do. I won't say another word,' replied Peter hastily. "'All right. See that you don't. Interruptions always spoil a story,' said Jumper. "'You are quite right about old Mr. Lynx. He wasn't old then. No one was old, because it was in the beginnings of things. At that time Mr. Lynx boasted a long tail, quite as fine a tail as his cousin, Mr. Panther. He was very proud of it. You know there is a saying that pride goes before a fall. It was so with Mr. Lynx. He boasted about his tail. He said that it was the finest tail in the world. He said so much that his neighbors got tired of hearing about it. He made a perfect nuisance of himself. He switched and waved his long tail about continually. It seemed as if that tail were never still. He made fun of those whose tails were shorter or of different shape or less handsome. He quite forgot that that tail had been given him by old Mother Nature, but talked and acted as if he had grown that tail himself. When at last his neighbor could stand it no longer, they decided to teach him a lesson. One day while he was off hunting, they held a meeting, and it was decided that the very next time that Mr. Lynx boasted of his tail, old King Bear should slip up behind him and step on it as close to his body as he could, then each of the others should pull a little tuft of hair from it, so that it would be a long time before Mr. Lynx would be able to boast of its beauty again. The chance came that very evening. Mr. Lynx had had a very successful day, and he was feeling very fine. He began to boast of what a great hunter he was, and of how clever and very smart he was, and then, as usual, he got to boasting about his tail. He was so intent on his boasting that he didn't notice old King Bear slipping around behind him. Old King Bear waited until that long tail was still for just an instant, and then he stepped on it as close to the roots of it as he could. Then all the other little people shouted with glee and began to pull little tufts of hair from it, just till it was the most disreputable-looking tail ever seen. Old Mr. Lynx let out a yowl and a screech that was enough to make your blood run cold, but he couldn't do a thing, though he tore up the ground with his great claws and pulled with all his might. You see, old King Bear was very big and very heavy, and Mr. Lynx couldn't budge his tail a bit, and he couldn't turn to fight old King Bear, though it seemed as if he would turn himself inside out trying to. At last, when old King Bear thought he had been punished enough, he gave the word to the others, and they all scattered to safe hiding places, for they were of no mind to be within reach of those great claws of Mr. Lynx. Then old King Bear let him go. By the looks of it, I hardly think that you will boast of that tail for a long time to come, Mr. Lynx, said he in his deep, rumbly, grumbly voice. Mr. Lynx turned and screamed in old King Bear's face, but that was all he dared to do, for you know old King Bear was very big and strong. Then he turned and squunk away in the shadows by himself. Now Mr. Lynx had a terrible temper, and when he saw how ragged and disreputable his once beautiful tail looked, 
he flew into a rage and swore that no one should laugh at his table. What do you think he did? What? asked Peter eagerly. He bit it off, replied Jumper slowly. Yes, sir, he bit it off right at the place where old King Bear had stepped on it. Of course he was sorry the minute he had done it, but it was done, that was all there was to it. After that he kept out of sight of all his neighbors. He prowled around mostly at night and was very stealthy and soft-footed, always keeping in the shadows. His temper grew worse and worse from brooding over his lost tail. When anyone chanced to surprise him, he would switch his stub of a tail just as he used to switch his long tail, because he would forget. Then, when he was laughed at by those bigger than he, he would scream angrily and slink away like a great gray shadow. Once he besought Old Mother Nature to give him a new tail, but in vain. She gave him a lecture which he never forgot. She told him that it was no one's fault but his own that he had lost the beautiful tail that he did have and had nothing but a stub left. Mr. Lynx crawled in his stomach to the feet of Old Mother Nature and begged with tears in his eyes. Old Mother Nature looked him straight in the eyes, but he couldn't look straight back. He tried, but he couldn't do it. He would shift his eyes from side to side. Look me straight in the face, Mr. Lynx, and tell me that if I give you a handsome new tail, you will never boast about it or take undue pride in it, said she. Mr. Lynx looked her straight in the face and said, I... Then his eyes shifted. He brought them back to Old Mother Nature's face with a jerk and began again. I promise. Once more his eyes shifted. Then he gave up and sneaked away into the darkest shadows he could find. You see, he couldn't look Old Mother Nature in the face and tell a lie. And that was just what he had been trying to do. The only reason he wanted a new tail was so that he could be proud of it and boast of it as he had of the old one. He hadn't a single real use for it, as he had found out since he had only had that stub. Old Mother Nature knew this perfectly well, for you can't fool her, and it's of no use to try. So Mr. Lynx never did get a new tail. He continued to live very much by himself in the darkest parts of the green forest, never showing himself to others if he could help it. To the little people, he was like a fearsome shadow to be washed out for at all times. His children were just like him, and his children's children. Tufty is the same way. No one likes him. All who are smaller than he fear him. And if he knows why he has only a stub of a tail, he never mentions it. But you will notice that he switches it just as if it were a real tail. I think he likes to imagine that it is a real one. I've noticed, replied Peter. He was silent for a few minutes. Then he added, Isn't it curious how often we want things we don't need at all, and how those are the things that make us the most trouble in this world? End of chapter 16 End of Mother Westwind House Stories by Thornton W. Burgess Recording by Esther Ben-Simonides